Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Another busy afternoon of news with Supreme Court rulings, with stuff going on in Texas. More truth coming out about Evaldi. And as more truth comes out about the Evaldi killings of those children, what what I find fascinating is that it plays into all of our analysis of what power is and how power works. We have been lied to, everybody's been lied to from the beginning of the immediate aftermath of those shootings in Texas a few weeks ago and and all that all that happy face they were putting on and outright lies they were telling to uh to to demonstrate well I see it as as a lesson for us in exactly how easy it is in those situations for uh, people to be tempted to say things that aren't true in order to avoid uh, giving up the truth on people to whom they feel some kind of loyalty. And I think this is a big thing in government, where there's loyalty, where you don't tell the truth about other people inside of government who've created disasters because that would make you susceptible to not being protected when somebody points a finger at you. And so the incentive for people in government is to never say anything uh, bad about those in government and that leads to a cover-up kind of mentality I think which I find bothersome so I want to talk about that I, I also find the um, the freedom of religion decision with regard to education that to have a law the Supreme Court ruled that you that um, a Texas law saying that you can't spend voucher money on religious schools is unconstitutional that sounds pretty darn right to me uh, be, because I, I just see that as government trying to protect its business of education at the uh, at the expense of religious schools where kids might get better education and certainly education that's more in line with their families let's find out what bill in weathersfield wants to talk about though hi bill hi todd um yeah i'm calling in about yeah, i've been hearing about that 
prisoner transport here in Connecticut where um, the the uh, they swerved to miss an accident and uh, the prisoner got got injured. And I have two things: is one, why don't we have uh, why aren't we transporting our prisoners safely? And then the other one is usually if like there's an accident, you'll hear the police ask, asking people who witnessed the accident to call in. And I think they should be doing this too because I just read two nonfiction stories on on death row uh, cases where you know they were imp- you know prosecuted and they were actually are innocent. So here I I'm just thinking that the the police were uh, he's just swerved and he just said he got he was swerving to miss an accident, but I don't think there was any accident to swerve and and I I think we should investigate it and find out what really happened. So you're taking it from the perspective that cops can say anything in those kinds of situations and generally do, and that if Correct. they don't like, where did this, there, there is a famous story in recent American history where, where somebody was treated this way, they were thrown in the back of a, um, of a paddy wagon or whatever, and they were um, severely injured or maybe killed uh, af- after they got banged around in the back on purpose. Does that ring a bell yeah. for you? No, it does, but it's it's too far back in my gray matter to have instant recall. So, so I was suspicious as well when I heard this uh, this story. The, how do we know this is true, and how do you get to the bottom of what the truth is when you're dealing with government, which is constitutionally built for cover up rather than truth telling? Right. Yeah. Well, I guess just like police have. Um, best cameras uh you know probably in the paddy wagons maybe they should have cameras too yeah well you know sometimes they forget to turn them on well that's true too but you know they, they could be wired in so they're always on and there's no ability to turn them off and uh, yeah, i hope the i hope the police investigate this and get to the bottom of it and and you know hopefully they they were just swerving to miss an accident but then again if they're swerving to miss an accident they need to take some defensive driving courses because most accidents can be avoided. Um, yeah, that sounds like a shaky excuse. Thank you, Bill, for the call. 860-522-9842. Didn't that strike you as a little suspicious? I don't trust anything the government says because the government has not demonstrated itself to be trustworthy, and we know where the incentives lie. Does anyone disagree with me on this? I'd love to hear your perspective on it, why you might take the opposite approach, why you might actually assume that people living inside of a a bureaucracy where the culture is we protect ourselves first. Why would we think that they would tell us the truth? And that's what I take from this Uvalde situation. This is... um, this is the uh, McCraw, the, let me see if I can get right, the right sound cut from Uvalde, and talking about, about what, they have, what they now know, and, and he was announcing what they now know. There's compelling evidence that the law enforcement response to the attack at Robb Elementary was an abject failure and antithetical to everything we've learned over the last two decades since the Columbine massacre. Three minutes after the subject entered the West Building, there was sufficient number of armed officers wearing body armor Mm -hmm. to isolate, distract, and neutralize the subject. Three minutes. Did you hear that? 
This is the this is where we are now. Remember all the nonsense we heard before? Three minutes after the subject entered the West Building, there was sufficient number of armed officers wearing body armor to isolate, distract, and neutralize the subject. It only took three minutes to get everything they needed into that school hallway outside the doors to those classrooms, and they waited another hour and ten minutes or so before they did anything. The only thing stopping a hallway of dedicated officers from entering room 111 and 112 was the on-scene commander, who decided to place the lives of officers before the lives of children. That's the inexplicable thing. That's the thing that nobody can get their heads around. The officers had weapons. The children had none. The officers had body armor. The children had none. The officers had training. The subject had none. One hour, 14 minutes, and eight seconds. One hour, 14 minutes, and eight seconds. What an amazing thing. One hour, 14 minutes, and eight seconds. That's how long the children waited and the teachers waited in rooms 111 to be rescued. And while they waited, the on-seat commander waited for a radio and rifles. Then he waited for shields. Then he waited for SWAT. Lastly, he waited for a key that was never needed. The post columbine doctrine is clear and compelling and unambiguous. Stop the killing, stop the dying. You can't do the former unless you do, you can't do the latter unless you do the former. So, that's pretty powerful evidence about what's going on in, in Uvalde, what went on in Uvalde, and what the energies of those involved. You do expect that when there's a tragedy of this magnitude that people are humbled, and, and humbled enough to be broken out of their normal patterns of, of uh, grotesque human behavior. And, and some kind of uh, nobility sets in where you just say what needs to be said. You provide the information that needs to be provided. You don't go into standard bureaucratic butt-covering mode, but you, you're humbled by the magnitude of the failure, and you feel compelled as a human being to put your humanity first rather than your self-servingness first. But... I don't think these kinds of institutions are in any way structured to encourage that behavior. And that's what I think we're dealing with. 860 We're going to take a break. We'll talk more about it. WTIC. something from the Todd Feinberg show listen to the podcast on wtic.com slash podcast well hello there it's wtic it is a Tuesday afternoon so I've got some sound for you from Governor Abbott speaking on May 25th which was a day or two after the shootings I think in Uvalde Texas and we now know that 
they well the statement from authorities now says uh, after three minutes all the stuff they needed to be able to go in and save the kids was in that hallway and they didn't save the kids so the question to me is what what do we learn from this what do we what can we detect from this and learn about how government works because when we are listening to public officials say what they think they're supposed to say uh, we have to find a way to correlate that to what's true and that's a hard thing often to correlate i've got some here for you to listen to all texans are grieving with the people of uvalde and people are rightfully angry about what has happened. This is Governor Abbott, almost a month ago. Events like this, they tear at the fabric of a community. Our job is to ensure that the community is not going to be ripped apart. And this is true. That is the job of leaders to be the healers in chief. But the trouble is the momentum of events causes them to perhaps run to this place when there's another place they should be standing first. To accept the role of healer in chief because that is a wonderful opportunity for one's political career. And maybe to cover up some of the concerns about what the reality is. Now, I don't know if Governor Abbott was part of the cover-up or a victim of the cover-up. But government works the way government works. I don't really care about the individuals involved. What I care about is that we understand how susceptible we are to manipulation. All Texans must come together and support the families who have been affected by this horrific tragedy. Now, if he'd been sitting there saying something different, like making accusations, people would have been upset and say, so why isn't he just providing healing? But in retrospect, we can listen and say, well, why wasn't he asking questions? What they need now more than ever is our love. What they need is uplifting from all of our fellow Texans and all of our fellow Americans. It's a very easy place to go, and we might even demand it of them and be furious if they told us truth or ask questions that pointed towards truth. Neil calling from Middletown. Hi, Neil. Good afternoon. So you just asked about what we learned from this situation. And it's what we've learned is what happens countless of times when a news story comes out. Everybody wants the, the likes, the hits, the views. At some point, when when do we wait for all the facts to come out? How many times does this story change and other stories like it until all the facts come out? But if we imagine if everybody did that, if instead of all those reporters circled around the po police department and other public officials demanding answers, if they backed off and said, oh, we understand, uh, we need you need time to collect all the facts. Right. That that might be the critical cover-up period where the facts disappear forever. Right, and I don't know what's worse. Is it trying to get everything out where it's non-factual, or you got Chris Murphy talking with a matter of hours of these these students being dead where their bodies are even cold, and he's already jumping on everything, and he's not even getting into facts. 
Well, he that's a whole other story, that, that kind of grandstanding of the trying to kidnap the energy to launch yourself into stardom, uh, which he's done effectively, I think. But that's a different story. These guys, you know, what you're saying, a lot of people say, just calm down and ask questions later. I think what this story tells us is you've got to be asking the questions on day one, that it was the intense pressure from national media, media flying in and being all over these people in Texas that broke them and required that the truth come out eventually because they their inconsistencies were on the record right away rather than giving them a chance to go uh, talk privately with each other and get the cover story in place. And you're right. It is definitely inconsistent, and it's going to happen again. You know, God forbid when this happens again, it's going to be more, this is what happened, and three, four weeks later, totally opposite. So I, I, you know, I think this is working out well in terms of us finally getting some truth. Thank you, Neil, for the call. It's too bad it takes this long, but we knew right away they started circling the wagons and, and talking nonsense. And and the reporters, you know, their smell meters were going off, and they were they were they went into reporter mode. It takes a lot to get them to do it now, but they did it, and that's caused trouble for the liars in Texas. And let me emphasize something that I know you all know. But the reality is, as horrible as what happened, it could have been worse. What? The reason it was not worse is because law enforcement officials did what they do. They showed amazing courage this is the governor of the state of texas talking right after the shooting in uvalde telling us who gets the credit for not being worse now this is all fabrication the reason it was not worse is because law enforcement officials did what they do they showed amazing courage by running toward gunfire for the singular purpose of trying to save lives. And it is a fact that because of their quick response, getting on the scene, being able to respond to the gunman and eliminate the gunman, they were able to save lives. This is so ironic, isn't it? They didn't run toward gunfire. They were scared to. (laughs) Let's just be clear. Individual officers behave with nobility and courage. And there were individual officers there wanting to go in, and they weren't allowed to. I'm not looking to cast aspersions on anybody who does their job well. The trouble is these systems, these government systems within which noble people reside, the nobility is squeezed out of them. They are forced. There were guys sitting there saying, after three minutes, why aren't we going in? Let's go in. There might be kids alive in there. And it took another hour plus before they got to go in. And and that's why it's important to hear the lies and to understand the lies are the natural instinct of those who hold power. We're going to pause for news. We'll talk more about it coming up on WTIC.
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. something from the Todd Feinberg show listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast WTIC Robert and Seymour hi there Robert yes hello Todd thank you for the call sir yeah it's um just wanted to uh, one thing um had did they ever uh, identify the uh the Border Patrol agent who shot the actual, uh, I wouldn't say kid or whatever, but, um, you know, the one in... Are you saying, do I, I don't recall if they've told us what his name is, but... Yeah, I don't think they, they're ever going to. Really? I think, yeah, whatever, that's... Uh, but the other thing is, too, um, the overtime, whenever there's like a tragedy or something... And, and all the listeners could, you know, probably notice, too, that there's, like, hundreds of cops just hanging out. And they're just hanging there. And this is after the fact. Not that alone, you know, not before the thing. That, 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 that's a whole tragedy. Well, you're saying that they, um, that but, but they, even after they make the sure fact, there's a big presence afterwards. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a calm, yeah, everyone, and make everybody feel secure. But but this is usually after the fact that then they got the tape up and they just stand around. But um, 
Who authorizes that? Well, or it's just say the overtime, you know, there's a couple of guys, they need a few more hours. I, th- I think a lot of that has to happen, Robert, just because they've got to keep the crime scene secure and things like that, you know, for making sure the evidence is protected and all. Thank you for the call, sir. 860-522-9842. Joining us now, Leora Levy, candidate for Republican nomination for U.S. Senate to challenge Dick Blumenthal. Leora, welcome back to WTIC. Thank you, Todd. I'm I'm delighted to be with you again. Well, it's uh, you know it's the beginning of a long road or close to begin. I know you've been at it for a while, but for the average voter, the uh, U.S. Senate race is not something they're super aware of yet. And um, I'm sure you're well, aware. Well, that's of that. why I'm talking to you because yes. I'd like to make them aware that I am running to rid Connecticut of the Blumenthal blight. The Blumenthal Blight. Now, that has a certain kind of ring to it, some poetry there. I hope so. I hope the alliteration is effective, and, <laughs> but it's true. He's been in politics for over 40 years. He, when he was attorney general, he drove more business out of the state than, than anyone else. And as, as a senator, he, he stands for all of the wrong policies. He votes for the, all the policies that have brought us to this terrible economy that we're facing it's making life unaffordable for every single connecticut resident so uh, yes i'm running to rid connecticut of the blumenthal blight he's the face of joe biden in connecticut it's it seems to me that he's worse than that though that (laughs) that his particular approach to politics is politics today at its worst which is to just run around uh, ringing bells, looking for attention for himself, making noise for stuff that isn't appropriate to be focusing on and isn't appropriate for him to be talking about and isn't responsive to the needs of, of the country. I agree. That's why I'm running to replace him, defeat him. Well, fill in the blanks then for people. Tell the story of the difference between you and Bloomy. Sure. Well, first of all, I am not a professional politician. I am the outsider in this race. I am a principled conservative. I am pro-life. I was endorsed uh, this weekend by the Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America. I am pro-Second Amendment. I voted for President Trump twice. He nominated me to be ambassador to Chile. I have been a principled Republican my whole life, and uh, I'm an in, a, a very strong, independent person and will always be a reliable 51st Republican vote. All right, that, those are the facts, and it's important. I know you need to get them out there because people don't know you, but there's also narrative to go along with that. And I, I think that the story that you have to tell goes deeper into the power of your candidacy than the facts do, even though those facts are important yeah. to tell. So well, so the story of, of where America is, where America needs to be, the kind of representation that we need, and how you want to provide that. Absolutely. I'm very concerned about Connecticut. I'm very concerned about where America is. As you know, uh, my family, I escaped Cuba with my family. The reason I am running is to make sure this country never goes communist. I'm very concerned about the 
the insertion of the government in between parents and their children, uh, teaching critical race theory and inappropriate gender and other sexual ideology. Parents are in control of their children, not the government. And I'm, that is actually something that communists do as soon as they take power. They replace themselves in the minds of the children as the father figure, the authority figure, in Cuba, that's what Castro did. The first thing he did was teach the, uh, ha- indoctrinate the children to spy and inform against their parents. We see signs of that in our schools with the social-emotional learning and, and the school authorities questioning students about whether they're happy, whether something at home made them sad. It's just the beginning, and I'm very concerned about it. Critical race theory is cultural Marxism. It's just a way to divide Americans according to race rather than the traditional Marxist economic theory, which just doesn't work here because there is too much opportunity here for for Americans to believe that. So now they're trying to tell us that you're either an oppressor or a victim, and uh, that's not that's dangerous. We are, we are all Americans. I mean, for goodness sakes, we, we, just, we just observed uh, Juneteenth, the day that our country liberated the last slaves in Tex- that, who were in Texas who had not heard about the Emancipation Pro- Pro- Proclamation. It was the fulfillment of our Declaration of Independence, which, which said that all men are created equal and have unalienable rights granted by their creator, among them, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. All right, Leora, I want to play something for you, because I think this uh, feeds into the conversation that we need to have about the the dire need for leadership. I don't think we have leadership right now, and, and uh, I think Dick Blumenthal is a big example of that. This is What I'm going to play for you is a guy named Ezra Klein. He's a liberal who writes for the New York Times and does a podcast there. And this is him talking about what he sees as the problem with Democratic leadership today. I think it is a mistake liberals make that they see a problem and they're like, we should pass a bill. And then if the bill passes, people think the problem is solved, but it isn't. You know, the stimulus of 09, it was supposed to build a high-speed rail, electronic health records, and a smart grid where it's marquee projects. We don't have high-speed rail, we don't have a strong national system of electronic health records, and we don't have a great smart grid. So there's a real problem here. I think one thing that opens the door for populist outsiders and demagogues and and just the right more generally is when liberalism just kind of fails. It fails to deliver. Like California is a hotbed of democratic talent. But I think it's going to be very hard for, you know, executives from California to run nationally because California has become unaffordable for people. And particularly in the major cities, like you really have to explain away, like, how come you have this huge homelessness problem? How come you have this huge housing problem? So he's basically laying out that Democrats have created through their hyper-regulatory approach to government, their big government approach that you're alluding to, that you've experienced through your family background of of, uh, coming from Cuba, that big government is a failure because it tries to control everything, and and in doing so, it ruins everything. That is true. I wonder if you could address that a little bit, because I I think to hear that from a liberal is pretty poignant. It is. And and I don't know if you heard, um, oh, is it Van, um, oh, gee, I'm, his name, 
he he was in the Obama White House. He he spoke recently about that as well. Anyway, mm-hmm. liberalism completely does not believe in freedom and in free markets and in the ability of people to solve their own problems as long as the government gets out of the way, it not not controls them. Um, I am a big believer in capitalism and free markets. That is what makes society succeed. Uh, it, it's what has created the greatest wealth ever in the world and has created opportunity for more people than anywhere else in the world. I assume you're and referring to, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, Van Jones. Oh, no. and I'm, Van Jones, yes, that was his name. I was going to say Johnson, but I know it's not Johnson, <laughs> it's Jones. Oh, okay, this is Van Jones maybe he, he warning. was talking about the way liberals speak and that they speak in one in, in this gobbledygook woke language, which, which really doesn't relate to the, the, to the rest of us. They speak to their, their elite ideologues in the ivory tower, but they're not really, they're not doing anything to solve people's problems. Yep. And all of the well-intentioned policies from the left have failed miserably. They, they, with, with the great society programs, which, which, I'll get, let's say they were well-intentioned, but they have failed. They mm-hmm. just, the reason is, one, they destroyed the black family. They destroyed it. They, they paid people to, not to be married, not to, and to have more children out of wedlock, which is the fastest way to poverty that you can think of. And it, it, it's something that captures people for not only their lifetime, but their, their children and their grandchildren's lifetime, because it becomes a way of life, not just an assistance when you hit upon hard times. But don't you think that this also is, we're talking to Leora Levy, she's a candidate for the Republican nomination for U.S. Senate to challenge Dick Blumenthal this year. And it, it strikes me that the reason we're in this fix of so much mistrust of government, the things that people lament and that the atmosphere is so volatile, I, I think the volatility is caused by frustration because government doesn't deliver what it promises. It says it's going to do all kinds of wonderful things, and it isn't actually capable of doing those things. It is not. It is not capable of it. If you think it is, then just go to the DMV. Yes. That's a perfect example. And when when they were passing Obamacare, that's what I said to people. If you like the DMV, you're going to love Obamacare because it's it's the government bureaucracy. My view of government, frankly, is they should keep us safe, fix the potholes, and get out of our way. Yeah, simple is best because. Um that that might be something they can succeed at. Very confined tasks, narrow and focused on what they're supposed to be doing. What's crushing business and crushing Connecticut families is a very heavy tax burden and the, the heavy, heavy regulatory structure here. If you want to start a business or expand a business, do anything, there are regulations for everything. As important as lowering taxes is deregulation. And this is all overbearing big government. Yes. All right, Leora Levy, what else do you want to tell people? 
Well, I'd like to tell them to go to my website, Leora4CT.com. I would really appreciate their support and also volunteer, uh, signing up to volunteer. Um, I have a primary coming up on August 9th. I am the principled conservative in the race, and I would appreciate that if they're not going to be here on August 9th, that they make sure they get absentee ballots. Because this is very, it's very important who we nominate. We have a great opportunity to win this Senate seat and defeat Dick Blumenthal. But not just any candidate will do it. We need the candidate who has the, the power of her convictions, who presents the greatest contrast to him. We must give the voters of Connecticut a reason to switch horses. And in fact, there was a poll that just came out uh, among independents showing that among independents right now, it's a virtual tie. I'm, I'm up 40.8% uh, over Blumenthal at 40.6%. And there's, they're 18.6% undecided. So it's a horse race. Wow, that's pretty encouraging stuff. And you know, in Connecticut, in the general election, I we will need independents to vote Republican. Because Just because right of the now, registration numbers. Exactly, because of the registration. Yes. And by the way, that reminds me, if people are not registered to vote, please go register. You, you can't have a voice. You can't vote. You have no say if you don't register to vote and get out and vote. It's very important. All right, Leora Levy, what's the website again? Leora4CT.com. Leora, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Todd. I always enjoy it. All right. Have a great day. Take care. Now, back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC. News Talk 1080. So my experience as a talk host, and particularly here in Connecticut over the past five years, is that what's going on in Texas with the lies being told, the lies that have been told, the incompetence, the cover-ups, that's all standard procedure. That's what I see Governor Lamont do every, every time he speaks, carefully using words in such a way to create an illusion presenting himself in such a way to project a sense that he cares about the details of leadership, that he understands public policy, that he has learned how the government works, and that he cares about how it works. And there's no sign of that in real life. There isn't. And I think that's what we see in Texas, that the reason they can get it so wrong is because they're not in the business of getting public policy right they're not even in the business of doing public policy the public policy doesn't really exist for them in any meaningful way except as a means through which appropriations of funds can be justified that can be funneled to certain groups of people to make sure those people maintain their loyalty and that's what we now have for government it's a tragic thing and the proof of the tragedy is looking at what happened in Uvalde, where they now tell us that all the stuff they told us at the beginning was nonsense. And 
that they had the ability to stop the shooter right off the bat, but some dope who was in charge thought that there was no reason to send those people in or was too confused or disconnected. I mean, we don't really know what his problem was yet. But what we can see is, what I can see anyway, is a strong parallel between what they're doing in Texas over the last month up till today and what they're telling us and what I've seen over the past five years in Connecticut. There's no difference. Just incompetence and self-serving maliciousness on the part of elected officials and big bureaucratic government that is designed to fail. And that's why that Ezra Klein sound I'm playing, I'll play it for you again, because I think it's so important to understand what he's saying, that a liberal intellectual is telling you government doesn't work. Government doesn't work. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 